radioinfluence.com. Why, Crusher, it's good to see you. You're listening to Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text Crush at 10 12 60 with your questions, comments, or smart ass remarks. Welcome to Crush Performance, everybody. Jeff Kershell here, and we're your weekly source for performance information. This week, coming to you from beautiful Curacao down in the Caribbean, and uh, we are having just a great time as the Crush, well, the Crush Spring, Summer, and now Fall Performance Roadshow uh, continues. It's just been a fantastic year so far, and uh, we're down here in Curacao right now, and a lot of great things to talk about today. Hey, if you want to get in touch with us, Reach out. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crushperformance is our email. We answer every single message we get. And some of the questions over this last week, I want to thank everybody who's written in. Uh, fantastic stuff. And, you know, if your question uh, is getting asked enough or if it's a great idea, we may dedicate a segment or an entire episode to your idea. So please reach out. Again, we answer every question we get. On Twitter, follow me, at Jeff Crush. And on social media, Instagram. YouTube and also on Facebook. Just search out Crush Performance. Join us there as we connect you with the world of performance. That's what it's all about. Well, so listen, I recently came across an old Danish proverb that says, it's difficult to make predictions, especially about the future. (laughs) And I thought this was funny, especially coming off of our recent show with Dr. Joe Baker, where we talked about talent ID and long-term athlete development. And we talked about the process of identifying and trying to predict future talent and how horrible we are at it. And for good reason, because there's so many variables involved. I think we're much better at building future performance than we are at predicting it. I mean, if you get a kid who loves sport, doesn't mind getting some work done, that's when you can get into it and really see how far it can go. Because you just don't really know how far it can go until you go through the process. I mean, don't get me wrong. You have to be realistic here. I mean, if you're five foot two, the NBA probably isn't going to be an option, but it doesn't mean you can't go out and shoot hoops and bust out a game with your buddies. I mean, that's not the case. But within reason, I think we truly do underestimate how far a good development program can take talent and talent development. Unfortunately, what we try to do now is we look at where an athlete is at We try to evaluate what they're able to do right now. And then we predict where they might be able to go if things fall into place. Rather than looking at where the athlete has truly come from, what they've been through, what they've experienced, where they're at right now, and how do we get them? How do we tap into their potential? How do we raise that ceiling, not just in the next day, week, month, or year, but two or three years down the road? Because what we do now could have a massive impact on that athlete and where they go two to three years from now. And when you have a professional athlete at the highest level of the game, it doesn't matter whether they're a 10-year veteran of a major sport or whether they're a rookie just entering, what we do now can seriously impact what happens in the short-term and long-term futures in terms of performance, maintaining performance or increasing performance, and also in terms of injuries, which is critically important in today's day and age. 
you know, one of the things we have to keep in mind as we go through the process of development is the fact that people self-select. You know, a 5'2 junior high kid probably isn't going to have a bright future in basketball, but I'm going to dare say that kid isn't going to gravitate towards basketball in the first place. We really do gravitate towards things we're good at, whether it's math and accounting or whether it's small motors and mechanics. One of my good buddies from high school is one of the best mechanics I've ever met. And he's loved it from day one. Now, we weren't, all, you know, in our friend group, we weren't all mechanically inclined. I mean, we rebuilt cars. We had fun because he worked on it and we learned from him. Actually, we started getting into it. And that's the power of your environment, your peers, and where you're growing up. Think about it. If you think about your surroundings, they might have the biggest impact on how you turn out later in life than anything else. Now, we're all genetically predisposed to certain maybe performance parameters. We have fast twitch, slow twitch. We've got height, weight, muscle makeups. You know, we've got the nervous system. We've got the mind, the eyes. There's so many variables involved in just genetics alone that it's impossible to predict. But once you get a person self-selecting into a streamline, if you've got somebody who's majority fast twitch fibers, they're probably going to gravitate towards power and speed sports. If you've got somebody who's genetically predominantly slow twitch fibers, they might be a great marathon runner, a cyclist, a triathlete. We don't know, you know, you know what I'm saying? So um, getting back to a show a couple weeks ago with Dr. Baker, it's one of the reasons we're really, really adamant about having our young players play multiple sports as long as possible. And also, I really try to encourage our athletes to get involved in something outside of sport just to have a distraction, something to take the pressure off or just to get away from it. Because we know right now the dropout rates in sport are at an all-time high, epidemically high. Injury rates in the developmental levels, young kids, 10, 11, 12-year-olds, the injury rates are at an all-time high because of specialization, year-round training and competition. Get involved. If you're an athlete, get involved in music. Play an instrument. We love it. We even get our pro guys. You know, there's. it was great working with the Blue Jays because there were a lot of guys that played instruments. And there were a couple of guys that actually had bands, but when the teams would come around, they would bring their instruments and they would jam. And some of these guys were good. I mean, look at Bernie Sanders. If you remember him, he would, he would, I think he might even still go play with a Saturday night live crew, uh, the band and Saturday night live. We went to see Saturday night live one time when we were in New York, uh, we had a day game on a Saturday. We went and saw it live and, and Bernie Williams is there strumming on the guitar with the, with the band, just fantastic stuff. But what a great outlet for athletes get involved in drama. We've got athletes, young athletes that are really, really good at photography and posting their photographs, get involved in cooking. What a great pursuit that is, especially for a young athlete. So many things you can do, but it makes a big difference, especially if you're in the pursuit of sport. But here, here's what I want. Here's what I want to just remind everybody about. We don't know how good you can get. If you're passionate about something, if you showed some aptitude for being successful in a certain area of performance, until you go through a good developmental process, you don't know how good you can get. We're going to talk about that later in the show, but let's get back to it. It is difficult to make predictions. Bottom line, today, we're going to try to see if we can't overcome that because, listen, the MLB playoffs are well underway. I want to review that and take a look at the storylines going into the postseason. Is the MLB postseason the toughest postseason to get to 
and potentially the toughest championship to win. Question of the day. Let us know what you think. Get to us, info at Crush Performance. You can also get me on Twitter, at Jeff Crush. We're going to be asking that question. Is the MLB postseason the toughest postseason to enter as a competitive team? And is it potentially the toughest championship to win in all of sport? Hmm, interesting question, and I can see the arguments now, and I want to hear them. Let's hear them. Let us have it. Info Crush Performance. Uh, it's a difficult it's a real difficult ride. We'll, we'll get to that later in the teams. I want to go over the teams and some of the storylines. And also coming up, the NHL season is underway. I love this time of year. Look, we've got the NFL going. NBA is rumbling to life. College sports are in full swing. We've got the NFL. We've got MLB playoffs, NHL. I think I say this four or five times a year that, you know, this is my favorite time of year. But I think truly the fall Halloween, I love as well. Thanksgiving, I love as well. We're on the doorstep of Christmas. I love this time of year for so many different reasons. And sports is a big, big part of it. But with the NHL getting underway, we're going to take a crushed look at the NHL. I want to break down the teams to watch and which teams we're watching. I'll give you our top five. I want to talk about the players to watch, the ones we're really interested in and why. And also there's some really interesting storylines coming out of the NHL. Hey, it's a growing, prosperous league. I think that uh, Bettman just renewed his contract. I think he will officially be the longest standing commissioner in professional sports outside of Stern in the NBA. And he's right on the doorstep of breaking down that record. So, you know, he's doing something right. Love him or hate him. Um, he's doing something right for the game. And if you look how hockey in the NHL in particular has prospered over the last little while, uh, it's been great for the game. Now we're seeing expansion. We're talking about real, real level playing fields and parity. All this stuff we'll look at here coming up later in the show. And then listen, I also later in the show want to get to this. The NFL season long suspension of Vontez Perfect. Listen, is this a fair suspension? Did you see it? Go, go online right now and just check out the hit, helmet-to-helmet helmet hit that the NFL is now calling targeting. And with his background and his history on illegal hits, is a full-year suspension the right move here? Well, it's certainly a strong, strong message from the NFL, and rightfully so, because I think it was a brutal hit that should have never happened and so risky in terms of what we know in terms of player health and head injuries in this day and age, that can't happen. And the NFL knows it. And that's why this is, this is uh, unfolding like this. Uh, they're going to appeal. Will it get shortened on appeal? We don't know. But there's rumors now stirring. And they're just rumors that he might get a lifelong suspension from the league. I don't think that's the case. But we're going to watch and see. And also, my favorite player in Major League Baseball dropped the ball in the playoffs. Not literally dropped all. He didn't like drop a fly ball, but man, man, he just didn't, didn't play like a postseason professional player should play. And I want to talk about that because he is by far my favorite player in Major League Baseball, young player coming into the league. And hopefully this will be a big, big learning experience for him. Uh, we're going to watch that and talk about that. Uh, there's a lot to learn for young athletes in every sport from this one. We're going to talk about that later, later in the show. And then I want to finish today off talking about athlete performance and building that talent and potential. Just some of the general concepts that I think we need to be thinking about. You know, when we talk about predicting future performance, and we are really, really bad at it. I mean, go back to that uh, podcast with Dr. Baker from a couple weeks ago, and you can listen in to some of the 
information that we now are starting to think about that we didn't even think about four or five years ago. Now, there's not a lot new in the world of sport. I mean, when it comes to developing athletes, faster, higher, stronger, we've got that down. If you want to get faster, come see us. If you want to get soccer or stronger, sorry, come see us. If you want to get faster, more powerful, if you want to jump higher, we can do that stuff. We know about it. You want to increase skill and talent. We really understand that as well in the context of human development, but also long-term athlete development. It's not that complicated. I think we try to make it more complicated than we do, but predicting future performance is a risky business and we're terrible at it. So what I want to do, rather than worrying about predicting where you might be, I'm going to talk about today later on about, you know, understanding where you're at and how you go about building your future around where you really want to wind up in sport. It's an important conversation and we'll get to that later in the show. But right now, let's talk about Major League Baseball and these playoffs. Listen, there is no sport that's changed right before our eyes more than the game of baseball. It happened five years ago. We started to see this crazy trend. Last year was insane. This year, we don't have all the numbers yet, but the trends are pointing to another insane season in Major League Baseball. And all you have to do is look at the home runs. A new record was set, 6,776 home runs across the majors, 671 more than the previous record. Listen to this, 14 teams set new franchise records for home runs, and four of those teams are in the postseason, the Twins, Dodgers, Yankees, and Astros. The Twins and the Yankees went head-to-head through all of September to see who would have the home run record in the league, and they went back and forth a couple of times. The Twins persevered. The Twins had a team record of 307 home runs this season, the highest ever in Major League history. The Yankees were one behind at 306 home runs, which is an insane number in itself. On opening day of this year, we had massive hints that something was going to be crazy. There were 48 home runs on opening day this year, and it didn't slow down. It just kept going. So now the big question is, is it the ball? Is it the fact that now we have launch angles and bat speed? Is it that athletes and the players are now bigger, faster, stronger? Well, listen, in in AAA this year is the first year that they've actually used the Major League Baseball. Guess what happened in AAA this year? Again, we don't have all of the numbers, but a record number of home runs in AAA baseball. How about double A, single A, low season A, and extended spring, who use the regular spring training baseballs that are much different than the major league ball? No change in home runs. Dun, dun, dun. Is this (laughs) a conspiracy theory? I'm not sure, but there's a lot of talk about the changing baseball and the way it's changed the game. This is not the same game we've seen, and just by home runs alone, Uh, The numbers have changed. And of course, now we get into the analytics and data, the shift. If you watch the games over the weekend, the start of the playoffs, there's two times already. We had four outfielders, massive shifts going on, defensive shifts. And flat out bottom line is, you know, we were talking earlier about players hitting away from the shift. They don't have to hit away from the shift. Just hit the ball out of the park. That's the goal and objective here. And it's changing the game. 
When we get all the crazy numbers from 2019, we're going to break it down. Again, last year we talked about it. It was insane. And I think there's a lot to learn from every single sport. doesn't matter whether you're a fan or baseball. Or not. I know executives from other sports that are watching baseball very, very closely to see these trends and changes because analytics, sports science, data is literally changing the game. Well, maybe the baseball as well. Certainly the training of the athletes, but we'll have those numbers later in the fall. Getting back to the playoffs, so a couple other storylines before we go to break here that I want to get to is when we look at the 10 teams that made the postseason, interesting to note that four of them are in the bottom half of the payroll, and there's no sport on the planet that has bigger payroll discrepancies than Major League Baseball because there's no cap. There's a luxury tax, but no hard cap. The Brewers, the Twins, the A's, and the Rays were all in the bottom half of the payroll, and the Braves are right on the cusp. They're number 14 in payroll at $138 million. million. But get this, the two top teams in payroll in Major League Baseball, the Red Sox and the Cubs, the Red Sox are cashing in at a payroll of $229 million. They're out. The Cubs, who came in at $218 million, didn't make the playoffs either. So you look at those giant payrolls, didn't make the playoffs. The the, uh, Red Sox uh, fired their president, Dombrowski, at the end of the season. And now Joe Madden has been let go by the Cubs as well. Really interesting moves there that we'll have to watch. But if you go to, let's go to one of the teams that we just love. The Oakland A's, their payroll, they're number 25 out of 30 in team payroll at $92 million. And they're consistently contending for the postseason. And man, it would have been nice to see them win that wildcard game if you saw 57,000 fans piling into that stadium just longing for postseason and and really proud of that team. A new stadium there or a refurbished stadium there is going to make a big difference for that team. But, you know, right from the Moneyball days, the A's have been magic. They have a formula that just really, really works. 92 million. The Rays, though. The Rays are the story of the year, bar none. They're one of our top teams to watch this year in 2019, simply because of the fact that Kevin Cash, one of my former players that I worked with, excellent catcher, great player, now has turned into be a a fantastic manager. The Rays payroll is 30th in Major League Baseball. $63 million for the entire team. Listen to me. On the Yankees, Stanton gets paid $26 million. Tanaka gets paid $22 million. Ellsbury gets paid $21 million. Those three Yankees make more money than the entire roster of the Tampa Bay Rays. It's insane. And I don't think parity is the answer here. Because, you know, talking to some of the baseball executives, uh, they don't want to see parity. They love it when these big, giant, evil empires roll into town and the stands are full. Because all the, everybody wants to see these teams. All the fans come to town. Um, a lot of people don't want parity in the league, and I get it because you look at these teams, it's doable, but the Rays are pretty special. They are doing something that we're seeing more and more now, and we kind of heard about it. You heard about it during the Raptors run last year, athlete management, load management. Look, that is nothing new, ladies and gentlemen. I'm glad we're talking about it. Don't get me wrong. But in the world of sport performance, we call it periodization, balancing intensity, volume, work schedules with rest. That's athlete management. Load management is exactly the same thing. And the Raptors did an unbelievable job, and it did contribute to their championship last year, but the Rays are doing it. They have the most pitchers right now through September. The Rays have the most pitchers than any any other team in baseball with increased velo going into the playoffs. They have the most top relievers 
in their bullpen, and they also have the most hitters who have experienced increases in exit velocity and bat speed through September. That, ladies and gentlemen, is athlete management. There are things going on behind the scenes with the Tampa Rays that we don't get to see, but we're seeing the outcomes. And that's the process of development and competitive advantage. All right. The Dodgers, of course, are right there. The past five years, no team has won more games. They have a massive payroll and they're obviously um, a, a team that's, that's slated to be in, in contention for the World Series here. But they have a culture. They have a culture inside that clubhouse. Those players expect to win. The Nationals against the Dodgers have nothing to lose. Um, they've done great work, you know, getting, getting here their first year without Bryce Harper. So they have nothing to lose, and I hope they play well. But I think they're up against it against the, the Dodgers. The Twins and Yankees, well, this will be the battle of the Bombers, the two top home run hitting teams in the league. I think the Yankees might have a bit of an edge on the bullpen side, but the rotations on both teams are questionable. So that's going to be a fun one to watch. But again, the Twins, bottom half payroll team. I love them. They're creative. They're young. They're hip. They're getting after it. Don't get me wrong. The Yankees are fun to watch as well. But man, the Twins are certainly the underdog here. I'm rooting for them for sure. And finally, St. Louis and the Braves. The Braves are my pick to be the big spoiler over Houston and the Dodgers. Um, Houston, I think, is by far the favorite against the Rays to win the World Series. They're just one of the most solid teams right now, but also one of the most solid franchises. We'll talk about this more when we wrap up the MLB season. But we've been watching the Houston Astros very, very closely since 2011 when new ownership took over. And of course, they started turning it around. Then, they, of course, they changed leagues, which was a huge hiccup. But man, they persevered. They've got something special going on. And listen to me carefully. It's about how they operate inside that organization. Just fantastic stuff. Um, the Braves, we're going to be watching them with great interest. And again, one of my favorite players in Major League Baseball who plays for the Braves... Okay, we're going to talk about that later in the show. Drop the ball. We're going to, uh, I didn't literally drop the ball, but just didn't operate how you'd hope a pro would. All right, we have to cut out for a break. When we come back, we are going to preview crush style the NHL season. Later on in the show, we're going to talk about the NFL suspension. We're going to talk about my favorite player and what he's going to learn from uh, the first couple games here in the postseason. And I want to briefly touch on the process of athlete development. How can you raise your ceiling? That's coming up right after this on Crush Performance. You're listening to Crush Performance, your weekly source for sport performance and athletic development information. Get the Crush blogs, podcasts, and performance links at crushperformance.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. Jeff Kershell here, and we're your weekly source for performance information. Listen, get in touch with us. Questions? Comments, smart remarks, we love them all. Crushperformance.com is the website. Follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Crush, and on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. You can find us by plugging in Crush Performance there. Well, today, we're coming to you from beautiful Curacao. Our Major League Player Development Academy is just getting underway, so I'm down here helping getting that program set up, and a lot of great talent here. And speaking of changing sports... You know, we're just talking about the changes in Major League Baseball. Uh, in 2019, Major League Baseball set a record of 251 international players on Major League 25-man rosters. It's really incredible to see how sport is becoming more and more global. There's 20 countries represented here, making up about 28.5% of the entire league. It's a massive change. And down here in Curacao, they've got some 
absolute superstar players in the league, five major leaguers playing right now that are really setting the tone and also setting examples for young players on this island. Now, the island only has 170,000 people, but I think every young boy and girl is playing some form of baseball or softball here, which is just fantastic to see. One of the issues that we face in the warm weather climates, of course, is that they play year round. So we're really trying to educate everybody on the idea of athlete development, even at the younger ages, teaching movement and balance, um, encouraging multiple sport development, uh, but also looking at ways to keep players healthy as they decide which way they're going to go. And if they do decide to chase down baseball, we want them as healthy as possible to see how far they will go. And as the NHL season kicks off, the NHL is no different. It's getting very global as well, which is fun to see. This year, there will be 17 different countries represented in the NHL. I think it's one of the higher numbers that we've seen in history. Canada, of course, makes up the majority of the players at about 47.2%. It wasn't long ago that Canadians made up well over 50% of the NHL. And to see that change, I think, is really great. The U.S. has been coming on strong. They're number two at 25.8% of the league. And when you watch those two teams face off internationally, it's an all-star extravaganza every time they play on the global stage uh, when the national teams are playing. And you could throw Russia, Czech Republic, Finland in there, Sweden as well. So many great teams. As a matter of fact, Sweden, Russia, Czech, and Finland round up the top five um, countries represented in the NHL. So this is really fantastic globalization of sport happening. And I think a lot of it has to do, I think, with social media and the ability for people in other countries to now watch the game and see what it's all about. But now that scouting and the search for talent has become so aggressive, there's no stone unturned. I mean, think about it. If you're 40 plus, think about when you were a kid. Do you remember hearing about academies and scouting and national teams and college recruiting and showcase tournaments and even national teams or the pro draft? Well, I didn't hear about, I grew up in a small community. I didn't hear about any of that stuff. Now you'd be hard pressed to find a 10, 11, 12 year old who's not dreaming of playing on a national team or getting a college scholarship. It's just changed so much and not for the worse. It's not, I'm saying it's not bad. It's just changed. And hockey is such a great game. I mean, we're almost at a point where, you know, we look at these players who are now at the top of the game. They're almost outgrowing the ice surface. We need bigger. We need to go to international ice in the NHL almost because these guys are so fast, so strong. You know, five strides. McDavid is down the ice for crying out loud. I exaggerate, of course. But it's been really, really fun to watch major sports and the NHL included transition into this new age. And analytics, load management, load management is one of the things we're watching this year in the NHL. But let's start with this. Every year we kick off, um, uh, or at the start of every season, we like to kick it off with a look at what's going on. And we usually start with our top teams to watch. So here's the crush top five teams to watch. Starting with number five, we're going to be watching very closely the Winnipeg Jets. And simply because they're a small market Canadian team that are so close yet so far. I really want them to be good. And I think they're close to doing some good things, but they had a really rough offseason. They lost, lost some serious defensemen. They still got some explosive power up front, 
but they lost some serious players on the back end. And I think as that management, ownership, and coaching staff comes together, uh, this could be a really, really exciting year. They were fun to watch last year, just a little bit short. So we're watching them to see if the moves they made or didn't make um, are going to help them get a little bit farther along the way this year. Uh, such a great team to watch. Number four is the Hurricanes. Um, was last year a fluke? We're going to watch these guys closely. I don't think so. I think this organization is totally legitimate. I don't believe in flukes at that level uh, of the sport, especially when you look at the course of this season and how grueling that season is. Uh, but they're, they're maybe set up to be better than last year, which is going to make them really, really exciting to watch. So the Hurricanes are number four. Number three is the Tampa Lightning. They were our number one team to watch at the start of last year simply because of Steve Stamkos coming back. We know he's a game changer. He is one of those special players that can change an entire team. So last year we were watching them closely and Stamkos was our number one player to watch last year. Uh, they're number three this year because uh, they're, they're serious, they're rock solid, but, but they're just good. They're my pick to take it all this year and we're going to watch them closely to see if they can actually execute and get it done with the the changes they made in the offseason and, you know, the fact that they want to carry on from last year. So it'll be fun to watch. Number two team, Vegas. This is a fairy tale story. The Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, from the second they touched the ice uh, as they came into the NHL, they were fun to watch. I mean, such a show around these guys. Everybody was questioning whether Vegas would be a great destination for a pro team. Well, it's proven to be really, really good destination for a pro team. Major League Baseball will wind up there, I'm sure. The NBA is coming. The NFL will be there next year as the Raiders make their move. Vegas is going to be a hot spot, and I love it. I love everything about it. Last year, they proved their worth. It wasn't a fluke. It wasn't a one-off. These guys are legit, and I think they might even be better this year. So again, we're watching them closely. Our number one team to watch this year, and it's not because I'm from that area, or it's not because I have you know friends and I'm associated a bit with that. You know, I used to test these guys, but the Edmonton Oilers are our number one team to watch in the NHL. The Maple Leafs are uh, honorable mention. So are the Flames. So is Nashville and the Penguins. But the Oilers are our number one team to watch simply because of the leadership changes. The head coach gets let go. And then the GM gets let go. All in a very short window when the team was actually starting to improve. And then McDavid comes out and kind of vents his frustrations as to where the team is at. And now there's rumors, of course, that, hey, will McDavid ask for a trade? If the team isn't successful this year, what's McDavid going to do? Well, I mean, as, as interesting and as fun as that is to talk about, let's just watch these guys and see if the organization can put together a competitive season. Because this year, truthfully, they need to make the postseason. And watching these guys all last year were fun. They were, I think, our number five team to watch last year. And they quickly jumped. When they let go of their head coach, they jumped to our number one team in all of sport to watch. Because it was pretty weird timing of that move and at a time where in the crush world the browns were our number one the cleveland browns were our number one team to watch in the nfl <laughs> to see if they could climb out of their hole which they didn't but um they the oilers uh, took our number one team in sport to watch and then they let go of their gm and they've been rebuilding and retooling all offseason they're going to be fun to watch and the reason we're going to watch them is to see if there's anything to learn there what adjustments are they going to make? Is it going to work? 
And if it does work, what are they going to do next? So the Oilers are number one team to watch. And again, honorable mention, the Flames, right down the highway. Uh, they really overachieved last year. Did they overachieve or did they just arrive early? There's probably arguments on both sides. I don't think anybody expected them to play as well as they did last year. So we're going to watch and see if, there are, if they are as legit as, as they appeared to be last year. I hope they are. I really do. It's good for hockey. Anytime a serious rivalry in any sport is, is good, and two teams are battling it out, it's good for the game. Edmonton and Calgary are one of the most epic rivalries in all of professional sport. And so we're hoping the Flames actually do compete right alongside the Oilers. Nashville, of course, the Penguins round up uh, our honorable mentions for teams to watch in the NHL. When it comes to players, there's so many players you could watch this season, but I've narrowed my list down to four players that I'm really... Really interested in watching this here. And the first one, number four, is Milan Lucic. Of course, traded down the road, down the QEW from Edmonton to Calgary. Uh, I think here's a player that was maybe undervalued, but just didn't seem to prosper in the environment of Edmonton. We're watching him because, you know, sometimes when athletes make a change, when they get traded away or when they ask to be traded and wind up somewhere else or another team's actually wanting them inside their organization, it can spark Major changes for certain players. And will Lucic be one of them? I think in the postseason, he's already shown he has. I think the Flames have really outlined what they expect from him and you know what he, what he can do. And I think he's going to go and do it. So he's going to be fun to watch. And, and simply not because he got traded to the Flames, because I'm rooting for this guy. I really want him to play well, because I don't think he really found himself in Edmonton. So it'll be fun to watch. Uh, number three, Stamkos. If this guy is healthy, we know he's a leader upon leaders, a pro's pro, and he is an organizational uh, influencer, most certain. So, you know, if he plays healthy this year, what impact is he going to have on the Lightning? Of course, coming off, they just had a brand new baby as well, which are those uh, life things that can impact players. And that can also drive them as well. So how he manages everything and can he stay healthy? Uh, he's always fun to watch. In the East, we're going to be watching number two, Austin Matthews. Okay, comes off a great season last year. I think 50 goal mark last year. Uh, if he stays healthy, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, but does he really get the recognition he deserves You know, for the level of play he's at? Now, he had some health issues. If he stays healthy, wow. He is going to be up there in the echelons of high-performance players, maybe in the history of the game. So we're going to be watching him for sure and also the influence he can have in that organization. And of course... I think you guys could probably guess our number one player to watch is Connor McDavid, simply because he's Connor McDavid. He's just fun to watch. He does things that no other player in the league can do right now. And every time he's on the ice, we just got to watch to see what's, what is he going to do next? And on the other side of it, can the Oilers build an organization around Connor McDavid to send them to the promised land? If you are an Oilers fan of old, you saw that organization come together around Wayne Gretzky with a cast of characters that were incredibly talented player by player. No one player can drive an organization. They can steer it and guide it, but man, you need that support structure, and we see that in every single major sport, certainly in hockey for sure. So the question is, can the Oilers build a support structure around Connor McDavid to take them to the promised land. Well, they're working on it. And on the solo front, 
what is Connor McDavid going to do this year? This is the kind of player that changes the game. He moves, plays, thinks at another level that just makes it exciting for the future of the game. And it's kind of like the barriers. You know, once somebody does something, we see it more and more often. Who's going to be the next Connor McDavid-esque type player? I mean, you can go back to Gretzky. You could talk about Lemieux. You could go back to Rocket Richard and Guy Lafleur. Every era of the game has its superheroes. Bobby Orr, you know, the Rocket. And, you know, moving through to today's age, Sidney Crosby, Mario Lemieux, and all these great players from days gone by. Well, this is the new age now. Sidney Crosby is still a force to be reckoned with. There's a number of players that are incredibly fun to watch. But if I would had to buy a ticket for an NHL game, I would want to see Connor McDavid on the ice. So he's our number one player to watch. And that brings us to the storylines to watch this year, because there's a number of things that we think need to be considered at the onset of this season. And one of them is the free agency. We're seeing a shift in players going to free agency and asking big money. They're having confidence going out in that free agent market. Is it because there's parity in the league? Another thing we're watching this year. I don't think there's any league. Well, let's put it this way. The NHL is one of the leagues where parity is really, really uh, leveling out the playing field. We have a real level playing field now, which is great for every single fan base. And I think that's the power of the salary cap. And I think every free agent now is kind of hoping that that salary cap goes up because there is such parity in the league. But we're seeing a shift in players going to free agency and taking those short sort of bridge contracts, you know, as they work their way into the longer, longer uh, contracts that they're looking for. So we're seeing that. Will there be an issue like we saw in Major League Baseball with great free agents who are asking big, big money sitting on the sidelines for the better part of a season? It was a travesty what happened in Major League Baseball, but I get it. Money rules. Money rules this business in every single sport. So um, we're watching the free agency issues or storylines in NHL closely. And we're also talking about athlete management. Will you see Connor McDavid? Well, load management, periodization, athlete management, whatever word you want to put on it, it's happening in the NHL. It's been happening for years, ladies and gentlemen. But I think now that teams and organizations are getting their performance programs really fine-tuned, we may see some of our top players sitting out. We're seeing this issue in the NBA, and we're hearing about it. We're seeing this issue in Major League Baseball, and we're hearing about it. Fans want to pay to see their favorite players. But in the move to maximize performance, reduce risk of injuries, we're seeing this shift towards load management. And we heard about it in the NBA last year with the Raptors and some of the big players, big name players sitting out for parts of games or entire games just to get some rest in the midst of their competitive seasons. We're going to see that this year in the NHL. What do you guys think about that? I mean, these guys are paid to play. This is the one argument. They're paid to play and the fans want to see their best players on the ice. Um, But do you do that at the cost of recovery, top performance, and maybe even preventing some injuries by resting guys. That's where I come from. Do you restrict the number of minutes? Maybe that might be the way to go from a league perspective because the fans are paying the bills, ladies and gentlemen, that's how it goes. So we're going to watch the athlete management side of it because it's a big part of sport right now. It's certainly a big, big part of hockey. 
Okay, so that'll wrap up our NHL crush preview. So many great storylines, so many great teams, so many great players to watch. It's going to be a fantastic season. Let's play hockey. Listen, we got to cut out for a quick break. When we come back, an NFL full season suspension, my favorite player dropping the ball, and let's briefly touch on the process of athlete development right after this on Crush Performance. This is Crush Performance, your weekly source for sport performance and athletic development information with Jeff Crushell. Get in the action and text Crush at 101260 with your questions, comments, or smart-ass remarks. All right, welcome back, everybody. Jeff Kershell here. We are Crush Performance, coming to you from beautiful Curacao, down here with our MLB Player Development Academy that is just getting underway here. So much great young talent around the world. And from the early spring to here in the early fall, it has been fantastic to travel around the world, helping athletes, organizations, teams tap into their potential. Just love this stuff. And of course, that's what the radio show here is all about. I'm so glad you're here. If you have questions, Comments, smart remarks, get to us. Crushperformance.com is the website. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Crush, on Instagram, Facebook, and also our YouTube channel. Please search out Crush Performance, and we're just hooking you up with all the great information out there. And today, of course, we're talking a bit about the baseball playoffs. We reviewed the Crush NHL season, things that we're watching. But I also wanted to get to a couple of current events, things that are happening around the sporting world that I believe are worthy of conversation. And first off, let's go to the NFL with the season-long suspension of Vontez Perfect. Now, is this a fair suspension? Is it a fair call? If you happen to see that helmet-to-helmet hit in the second quarter versus the Colts uh, last week, um, you would think, I, and maybe agree, I would hope, that that was a brutal, brutal hit. Was it intentional? I'm not too sure, but either way, it cannot happen. And so the NFL sending a clear message with a year-long suspension. Now, it's under appeal. Will it be shorter? We're not sure. But there's also rumors, and they're just rumors. I'm not buying into this at all, but there's rumors now stirring that they're seeking maybe uh, having Vontez banned from the NFL for life. And when you have a player with a history of illegal hits like this who's just not making adjustments, where do you draw the line here? And if you're a football fan or if you have a young player playing football or hockey or a contact sport, I'd like to hear what you think. Write to us, crushperformance.com or get to us on Twitter. I'll be uh, tweeting out a poll here. Is this suspension a fair suspension for the incident? If you go back, you can check it out on YouTube. Um, It was a terrible, terrible hit. And in my humble opinion, based on everything we know about player health right now, This can't happen. Players have to be better than that. I can see in the heat of battle, uh, you know, when a player is in motion and another player is maybe going down, you can't make those adjustments that quick. But the NFL is calling this a targeted hit. And uh, whether that means they feel he intentionally was trying to go helmet to helmet, which I don't think is the case. He was just playing hard, but he's got to play smarter than that. But either way, they're calling it a targeted hit. And I think that's where the big issue uh, falls in with the NFL. These messages uh, are loud and clear now, I think, to every player. And I think if you talk to players in general, uh, this can't happen in the game. Nobody wants to get hurt. I don't think anybody wants to seriously injure another player, though in the heat of battle, you know, things get, things do get heated, but not to the level where you want to intentionally hurt somebody. So again, this is a big, big story in sport that we're watching with great interest because that message by the NFL 
is a powerful one. Now, if you go back to a conversation, a great conversation we had with Dr. Martin Morazic, uh, as little as a few weeks ago, if you want to go back and check out that podcast, you can go to Crush Performance, go to the podcast. But we talked about what happened in the NFL. When the NFL started changing its ruling on helmet-to-helmet contacts, guess what happened? We had fewer helmet-to-helmet contacts, thank goodness. But we also saw a massive increase in lower body injuries because the players started tackling differently. So lower body, ankle, and knee injuries went up dramatically, which is just a cause and effect that we have to be conscious of when we change rules in any sport. So, you know, when we see this helmet-to-helmet contact and we see a strong message by the NFL, I think this is the right call. I don't mind the suspension being being a, a full year especially if a player has a history, but do you agree? Should it be shorter? Should there be a massive fine? Or are you okay with this suspension? Let us know what you think. And then I've been mentioning this the whole show here, where we've only got a few minutes left, so I got to get to this. My favorite player to watch in Major League Baseball is the Braves' Ronald Acuna Jr. I love this kid. He's been maturing and just getting better. He's one of the young, fun players to watch in the game. And I think he's a player that a lot of young players who are out there, you know, in Little League ball uh, are going to look up to. They're going to look up to him because he just plays the right way. Well, he let the ball drop in the first game of the playoffs. And I don't mean he dropped the ball, but if you were able to watch that game, you'll see him on a fly ball, not busted out of the box. If you remember a year ago in the playoffs, Manny Machado, not hustling down the first baseline. It is a golden rule. It is an inexcusable offense to not hustle down the first baseline, even if it's a fly ball. You have to do it, kids. Live and learn. Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to learn from this, and he's only going to be better. I just wish it didn't happen in the playoffs for a young player. You know, he'll get through this, but again, this is one thing that that we have to, through our organizations and through our development process, even at the Little League level, start talking to kids about. Hey, man, if there's one thing that you do in baseball, it's you hustle down the first baseline, even if you think it's foul even if it's a fly ball. As a matter of fact, when I was working with the Blue Jays, there was a minor league player who was at big league camp, sort of a career minor leaguer. And he was a great, great first baseman, a power hitter, just never quite had the opportunity to break into the big leagues. Well, in one of the final games of spring training, uh, we were out overplaying the Yankees and he hit a fly ball. And I mean, it was into the stratosphere. You could hardly see it. And he busted it out of the box rounded first like he was running for his life and he was standing on second by the time the ball came down the thing is the outfielder dropped the ball lost it in the sun dropped the ball he's standing on second double guess what happens coming out of spring training that year he made the big league roster because he hustled so big message out there kids hustle listen i wanted to get to some uh, athlete development Uh, We don't have time. We ran out of time here. We'll pick it up next week, so stay tuned. I wanted to talk about the impact of what you do now, understanding where you're at right now, but also in predicting future performance because we're so terrible at it. Let's forget about it. Let's look where you came from. Let's clearly understand where you're at, and then let's plan for the future. That's what we'll talk about next week on Crush Performance. We'll be coming to you again here from Curacao as we wrap up our Crush Fall Performance Tour. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll talk to you next week on Crush Performance. We're here to help you think like an athlete. Goodbye now. Don't forget to ride. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, 
Radio personalities like Ian Beckles and DJ Eakin. News and political pundits like Vincent Hill and independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans. Experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry. Pro wrestling personality David Penzer. MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan. And strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochelle. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.